The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. That's a duck fat pour. Ooh. Is that just like a little extra viscosity? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm cracking was, up was, at my own jokes, was, Sam. <laughs> Who would ever do such a thing? That was a that was a well rendered pour. Ooh. Oh. That I think should be my new tagline. Oh. First, oh, first, first one's free. <laughs> Raft wines, a well rendered pour. Ooh. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. If only we knew anybody in marketing. <laughs> we have a little production moment here. Uh, Brian is oh, making right. sure that Jen gets closer to her. This is how we introduce our guests. Just, just, just so everybody knows, we are listening. We're trying not to breathe into the microphones. Trying to keep them at the right um, height. We listen to feedback. We, we accept your creative criticism. Constructive fixing criticism. Fixing mics. Making sure guests get their face into the microphone. <laughs> Making sure I don't swallow the microphone too much. Yeah, right. <laughs> or your uh, beard. We're going to change the cover on the, Sam. So the beard. Cha- yeah, exactly. Uh, welcome to the winemakers, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this happens when I'm here. This the the conversations just start very quickly. You no, know, no, it's not just you. You're special. You're not that special. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. I think we're the special ones. <laughs> uh, I guess that needs no introduction. I guess. Mm. Well, I mean, the, it would be nice though. Should we just two word introduction? Duck daughter. <laughs> Duck daughter Jen Reichart of Raft and. Also, one of our other favorite labels, Little Trouble Wine Co. Yes. Um, Cookbook author. Which is Cookbook new author. to me. I didn't realize until you walked away and I saw the book that this was a thing. Yeah, it's coming okay. out a week from yesterday. We okay. are on it'll, the doorstep. A week from yesterday, which means as this airs, oh, it'll right. be it'll, it'll be, be out. Uh, it'll be out. Yep. Yep. So Tuesday, October 25th is official publication ship date for The Whole Duck. A cookbook on 75 duck recipes um, tells the whole story of Liberty Duck and the family and how it got started. And then we have 54 contributors, uh, so chefs from all over the wow. Bay Area and beyond. Just with- flipping through that those recipes, just to, it's like every chef that... It's a pretty who's who list. It's very it's fun. Like, like it's just like ding ding ding. Yeah. It was super exciting to write. I mean, we we direct distribute to around 230 restaurants a month on average. You know, not every restaurant's ordering every week or every month. Um, but it's so cool to have this relationship with all these people. So to involve them in such a great way is really special and impactful. And then because of my wine world, um, I actually did do a wine pairing for every recipe as well. So Wait, uh, using only raft wine? No, no, using okay. everything. It was okay. definitely like an opportunity because I think like uh, duck gets pigeonholed into serving with Pinot Noir and Syrah, especially sure. locally. Yep. So for me, it was like, look at all these amazing ingredients, all these 
variety of restaurants. I mean, we have Momo's, we have Pupazole, we have, you know, duck and squash on a salad. We have uh, duck meatballs. Like there's so many different things. So it was like, there's a such a wide range of wine that can be paired with all those different recipes. So it was really fun to kind of think outside the box and suggest different kinds of wine. And how long ago did this start? Like, what? when did you come up with this idea? So about five or so years ago. It's so weird. Time is a magical thing, especially time in... has no meaning. Especially in the last COVID yeah. timeline. Like, I always am like, oh... Yeah, it was only a year ago I did that. I'm like, no, it was three years ago because I lost two years in the middle there. Um, about five years ago, uh, there's a, a publishing company in Petaluma called Cameron & Co. Shout out to them. Um, and they approached me about writing a cookbook. And at the time, I didn't necessarily see the... I didn't, it was like, why does the public care? Like, they go out to eat the rest at the restaurants. They have the duck there. Um, but when the pandemic hit and we started selling retail... And all of a sudden, the biggest thing we were getting asked was, how do we cook this? Which is what <laughs> I feel like is the biggest drawback to people purchasing duck and bringing it home and cooking it. Totally. Because no one knows what to do with it. They've had it at a restaurant, but they are intimidated. Yes. Right. Yeah. And it can be intimidated. My dad, um, he kind of shares it best. You know, in the 60s and 70s, there was this big marketing push from the Long Island ducks um peking ducks and they got everyone to buy it but didn't teach anyone how to cook it so you had unfortunately a generation or two of home cooks who brought these ducks home put them in their oven like they were chickens right. and smoked out their house right. and this is dad's anecdote <laughs> so i'm totally kidding it fire. or caught the kitchen on fire and yeah. um, so right now we're taking this opportunity to really educate people on how to cook duck in a variety of different ways. We have the first chapter is dedicated to butchery and basics. So not only is it how to cook duck breasts or duck legs or roast a whole duck, but it's how to break down a whole duck. There's a whole photo series of how to do that. And that could be applicable to any poultry, you know, chicken, turkey. Of course, proportions are a little different, but the method's still the same. Um, so we really wanted to like break it down really easily and then have this variety of recipes that a lot of people could have fun and, you know, start with something that isn't so intimidating and work on your way up and then the cool thing is is that so many of those recipes the ingredients are amazing the idea is amazing so you could apply chicken pork tofu beef like there's a lot of recipes that are really versatile for home cooks um and you so don't have to have just that <laughs> so you're saying a vegan could get this cookbook sure and then and then Give just, well maybe not vegan but tofu for <laughs> no, I think vegetarian i think, I think that um Everybody should buy a copy of The Whole Duck and give it to their vegan friends <laughs> for the holidays. Yeah. I mean, um, Jen, that's what I said to you the first time I think we all got together is that like I'm intimidated by duck. Yeah. And your suggestion was duck sausage. Start with duck sausage because you can't screw up duck sausage. Yeah, yeah. yeah but then um, you got to have the KitchenAid and then the... the, the no, we, no, we sell no, duck no, sausage. Order duck sausage from libertyducks.com. Yeah. Right? And they are delicious, right? Yeah. Because um, it is fun to make sausage, but you just, you just got to have the right yeah. stuff right. and buy the casings and then then you that talk about going down a sourdough rabbit hole right sausage is even worse yeah yeah yeah, yeah. imagine if the pandemic instagram would have been about making sausage instead of making sourdough. Shit. Oh man, no. it would have been like, aggressive. Talk about trigger warning for, yeah. <laughs> for the vegans. All the pigs are hiding in their pens. Yeah. No, Next no, no, no. pandemic, we're Gosh. making it sausage. Please don't sausage say those words. 
No, I do think like, yeah, there's a, there's a spot to start for everybody when it comes to duck cooking at home. Um, and so hopefully this kind of like helps make it available to more people and just like have a conversation about it. All right, let's talk about the wine too. Wine. So skin fermented <laughs> Viognier. Yeah. Love Cavion, Ranch Cavillon. 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 It's Cavillon. a melon in Southwest France known for its orange color. So since this is an orange wine, gotcha. it's a little tongue in cheek there. It's it's more golden, but you know, it's orange. Sure. Golden orange. It matches my microphone it does. cover. It does. And do you do like a normal Viognier too? Or you just do the skin contact? Uh, historically, yes. I did okay. both a direct to press Viognier and a skin contact Viognier. However, okay. <laughs> um, 21 will be the last vintage for both. Um, the vineyard got frosted really badly this year. So we're huh. looking at a multiple year timeline for recovery. It's also very wow. far. And I'm getting a little older. And... <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to drive five hours to a vineyard anymore. Um, I was waiting. Yeah. <laughs> get, well, it's not even you're getting older. It's just how much time do you have in your life? Right. right? Totally. Totally. And, and priorities are shifting. Right. And, you have, and you have to let go of some of the control. Yeah. If you're not out there as often. Right? Yeah, definitely. So this year in 2021, I sourced a mixed Rhone white blend from Dry Creek Valley. I'm sorry, 2022. So moving forward, it's a direct depress of that. And then Wait, I did what are the bridles? Marsan, Roussan, and Viognier with Ooh. a sprinkle of Chardonnay, which I know isn't Rhone, but he only had 0. 0.1 of an acre planted to it. And I'm like, I'll just, I'll just take that too. <laughs> it, makes it, it makes it a California Rhone blend. Totally, yeah. totally. And that was actually the sugar. And it, it's nice because it was riper than the Marsan or Roussan, but the acidity was still balanced. So it'll bring the overall alcohol higher with still keeping, you know, you know, Rhone's don't like to hold their acidities very well. Or Sam. this year, ripen. <laughs> or ripen, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, that will be really exciting. That's going to be the direct-to-press version. And then um, I made a orange Sauvignon Blanc, so skin contact Sauvignon Blanc. So what's the deal with orange wine? I mean, uh, those of us in the industry know there sure. it was like a little spike there of mm -hmm. people that wanted skin contact. And it's actually something that goes back, I mean, thousands and thousands of years. But we did notice a little uptick uh, over the last 10 years yeah. on orange wine or skin contact wine. So you liked it and decided this is something I want to do? Yeah. So ultimately, I love white wines with texture. Right. I want white wines with food. I do love like the Picpoule Blanc that I make with my husband at all Picpoule. That is like all acid and it's great to sip on its own. It's great with oysters. But then when I come to like the main portion of the meal, I want something with like some zhuzh, if you will, some body. I mean, I can think of like four recipes that I saw just flipping through that book before we started that you could totally with this wine. Yeah. So I like like the white wines with uh, tannin and still has the acidity, but just kind of something for your palate to hold on to and to stand up to flavor. So for me, orange wine is one of those ways to achieve that. So um, how long was this on skins? About 10 days. So it's an orange wine light, you know, a lot of the historical millennial producers, I mean, that's like 60 plus days, right. months on end right. on the skins, which is a completely different wine. It's like wine. they forgot about yeah. it. <laughs> this, wine, this orange wine, I think, is like a, a gateway into yeah, this but, category. I mean, isn't part of the deal with those wines is that they're not approachable for many years mm -hmm. down the road? and. This makes this wine approachable. Yeah, absolutely. So. It totally does. Well, and and orange without being oxidative. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's still got that like texture. It's still got structure. Yeah. It's like it's got acid. Got acid. Yeah. It's like kind of. 
candied, but also really drying at the same time. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of just has this like full flavor that is really exciting. Didn't was this the Viognier skins that we did a little trade for or was that going to a little trouble wine? Oh, Sarah came down with beer. And that it was, was the, it was a the, little. It was the always trade with Jen Reichard moment. It was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, we gave you our truck. And it was like the skins that we didn't save for the Srav, our Viognier. And we dumped it into a bin. And Sarah got out of the truck with like a case of frozen duck, yeah. all kinds of things, and a whole <laughs> bunch of beer. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Do business with Jen. <laughs> Lesson learned. Uh, that was a little trouble wine. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but that is a good story either way. That was, that was, that was, um, there was a very happy winery crew. Yeah. Day for good. Sure. Good. I'm glad. Especially because they had just hand distemmed a whole bunch of my Viognier, oh my pressed Viognier to go into those buckets that we freeze. Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, hey, you guys, look, I got you beer and duck. <laughs> this year, my my duck trade was with Pax Wine, their Pax Molly. Um, I we double booked. So I use our family's the duck farms flatbed to to haul most of the grapes. There's like one day a week where it's dedicated to duck use. And I just like totally forgot, you know, mid harvest. You're like, yeah, that day sounds great. And then you're like, oh, no. So I texted him and I was like, hey, uh, any chance your flatbed's free that Monday? And he's like, yes. I was like, great. And I was like, I'll pay you in duck or cash. I know he doesn't need more wine, so I didn't even offer. He's like, how about duck? And I'm like, "Okay, great. He goes. $265 $265 worth of duck. And I'm like, that is so random. How did you decide on that? <laughs> exactly, but yeah. I was going to pick in Lodi and it was basically a dollar a mile <laughs> of duck. <laughs> I was like, that's brilliant. That's actually a really good trade. Totally fair. You got it. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's some, that's Petaluma math. If there ever was <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely West County math, I think. Yeah, let's leave it at West County. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. West of, yeah. of Soma Mountain math. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, so so you decide- I should be careful. I'm surrounded by you guys. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, West uh, County is very different than Petaluma. Mm-mm. When when does where does West County start? I think. Well, I, I think 116 is the dividing line. Yeah. Right? Okay. Right? Right. So West County, you know, 116 to what Valley Ford Road, something like that. You know, okay. That's, yeah. Like, I, I just assume that would be Petaluma. Know, I cross the Petaluma River and I'm in West County. As soon as, Sam, as, soon as you see the Gold Ridge soils. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Then you're in West County. Bravo. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. None of that clay. Yeah, right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The, right. Of the Petaluma Basin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, so so actually I want to bring it back to food. So after you decide this is a good idea to go, do a cookbook, at what point do you realize, holy shit, this is a lot of work. <laughs> we need a photographer. We need to do recipes. You need to do, like, I've been through this process process with mm-hmm. Sandra before mm-hmm. and it was a lot it's a lot yeah. um you can ask my husband there were many tears um I enjoyed it immensely it was not timed well with harvest last year and I <laughs> <laughs> definitely overextended myself we were actually taking the photos this time last year so if you can imagine you're just coming off of months of yeah. this crazy work and then having this like piled on so it was a lot of late nights um and tears but were you committed to like a specific (laughs) release date or was it hey we'll finish it whenever it's done yeah so we were committed to have it be released this year because this is the 30th anniversary of liberty ducks so december 1992 um was when we got the first ducks and there's a photo of me actually in the book holding a baby duck from Wait, how old were you baby duck yeah. yeah so it's really kind of 
it could it have come out next year? Absolutely. Like, right. You know, the duck farm will be here. But to have it come out in celebration of her 30th anniversary right. was really special. And for me, kind of giving back to my dad, being like, thank you for for providing and my mom um, for providing for my brother and I for creating this amazing business and having these amazing relationships. And here's our story now in print forever, which is really exciting. Um, those are those yeah, there? yeah. I'm wearing a purple velvet dress. <laughs> As one does at Duck Farm. <laughs> yeah. I've always like bucked the trend with what you're supposed to wear, I guess you could say. I, I kind of like your brother's sweats here with his Stanford sweatshirt. <laughs> That's actually, those are our friend, family friends um, that we were visiting one of the first barns that we had. Actually, the Duck Farm originally was on Todd Road um, and has since moved to West Petaluma. Um, so I think that's those are Todd Road ducks. Uh, but yeah, those are proper like early 90s yeah. sweatwear. <laughs> um, so yeah, we had all of that kind of a battle last harvest to get through. You know, we started well before that. Um, I think we signed on the dotted line last January to so January 2021. Um, but of course, it takes a ton of time to develop and gather all of this information. Um, well, yeah, because I mean, tell me how deep you guys went because you you guys deliver to all these great restaurants. So you have relationships with the chefs. Yeah. So I imagine it was just a conversation that you had to have with them. Hey, are you guys willing to partner with us in this? Yeah. And then picking us, you know, whatever is your favorite thing to do. Yeah. And then having a recipe because a lot of times at restaurants, we don't cook for we don't cook for one person. Right. Or a family. We yeah. cook for <laughs> 50 people and totally. so getting the recipes down to where someone can do it at home isn't always the easiest thing to do yeah so there was some chefs that contributed stuff that was pretty spot on for the home cook it took like tiny tweaking and those were often a lot of the chefs that have written cookbooks themselves right. they already kind of like know that the home cook doesn't have all of this crazy equipment at home and then there's other chefs too who have written cookbooks but those are like the french laundry of cookbooks where they're more for like visually being beautiful and appealing but with kind of under the air that they're not going to be used. coffee table books yeah yeah i, I would i don't want to say it but um yeah. you know no. they're gorgeous and they're stunning but For they're sure. they're not necessarily like achievable and we really wanted to hammer in this like accessibility and achievability of cooking duck at home so yeah. for some of the restaurants that were a little bit more recipes that were a little more challenging um we broke it up uh into to groups so i redeveloped some of them our uh, recipe editor kim laidlaw who's based in petaluma she redeveloped some of them and then sean paxton who lives here in town um the brew guy beer guy uh, i don't know if he's ever been on the show but allow for a moment of self-promotion um sean paxton <laughs> is teaming up with uh mike the baker and they're doing a pop-up here on november oh, yeah. 12th oh cool um wait and so what is that going to involve exactly uh mike making like full-sized uh you know he doesn't call them pizzas because they're the long and narrow um full-sized his flatbreads uh and sean paxton making um salads and entrees and desserts i guess and then um pouring wine and then michael have does he have like one of those ovens that you tow in the back of oh yeah, yeah he'll have his he'll okay. have his his whole rig with the wood burning oven and nice. and um the whole wait deal. what day of the week is that it's a saturday okay yeah um and i will be here <laughs> should, should we really break from the conversation <laughs> no i'm sorry i just, just was okay. excited so um and make an announcement no, we'll make an announcement later i think everyone knows i don't like everybody knows I don't think that's true. I think uh, anyway, sure. So uh, anyone that doesn't know, 
I am officially leaving the Fairmont Sonoma Mission Inn and moving over to Winery 16600. Ooh! Yeah, it was a nice title that we made up. Uh, I heard there was some different iterations. Different ver- yeah. Um, I wanted to call you Chief Sommelier Officer. Ooh. It was some yeah, I think, I don't know who told me that. And I said, wow, that's that's a lot. Terrifying. That's uh, terrifying. Director yeah. of Hospitality and Head Psalm or something like that. Yeah, I don't even know what. I, that would mean that you have multiple Psalms? Yeah. <laughs> no, get, Jasmine is a Psalm. Oh, right? okay. Okay, then, fair, then fair. Point taken. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's like me in the duck farm. I just called myself COO because one day someday, someone was like, what's your title? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I need to, it's like the LinkedIn title. You know what I mean? I don't know what it is. It's, but you handle all operations. Yeah, so, like, so like, that it, makes it, sense. It's not a lie, but it's also right. like totally aggressive right. for a yeah. very small company. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Um, so I like brand ambassador. Brand ambassador. I'm an ambassador of the brand. Right. Uh, and, you, and, and then it get, means you do whatever. And, so and you, get diplomatic com- do you get diplomatic community. Uh, sure. If okay. I'm in the right car. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have to have the right plates. I don't know. Or a sticker. Uh, congratulations, Brian. Thank you. Oh, no, thank you. Th- thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> All right. Returning. All right. So then when it comes to the foods, you do you tell specific people? Right. I know I do this at work, too. It's when they right. announce to people, I'm like, yeah, whatever. So do you tell people we're looking for like an appetizer? We're looking for a soup. We're looking for a main course. Or do you just take everything that everyone gives you and decide where it's going to fit in the book. We definitely worked really hard to get a lot of different cuisines represented in the book. So that was kind of like focus number one was reaching out to people who are used to cooking those dishes. And then phase two was reaching out to kind of the people that are routinely in our worlds and buying the duck and be like, hey, what do you think? And then at that point, it was like, okay, we're heavy on entrees. We need appetizers or we're heavy on appetizers. We need soups and salads. Or we need different ethnic sort of versions. Yeah, and a balance of men and women, Chef. Like, you know, it's just, it needed to be inclusive of all these different ideas. I mean, duck is cooked around the world. Sprinkle in for you, they, them. There's one. Pretty. See? Right. The Momos. There you go. They're amazing. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Welcome to our world. So then the fun part. Well, I don't know the fun part. So then who, for me, the fun part is pairing the wines with everything because you said you're not just using your own wine. So like, what do you have like a huge wine collection at home and you just decide to pull? Do you go to friends and say, um, say hey do you have can i get a bottle of your wine to try with these different dishes or so it was more just like working off of my knowledge of being in the industry unfortunately i did not get the opportunity as coo you just made yeah yeah okay to to make all the recipes and try them with a bunch of different wines would have been a whole nother ball game so it was doing kind of a bit of some deduction okay so so now i'm curious because you're in you're playing on my field sure so i want to know some of your sports fields i want to know some (laughs) of your started yeah i mean you want to throw it out there now (laughs) it's too late it's It's it'll be too late for the public commentary no fences Um, in mcnear park so sort of what is the (laughs) politics area yeah what is your thought process when it comes to pairing wine and food just some general basic things um i think from the wine i'm looking at tannins acidity and alcohol and then from the foods i'm looking also at acidity fat um and general spice profile um so you know you don't want to put something that's super high in alcohol with something that's super spicy because it's just gonna be a 
spicy hot mess and yeah. not taste like anything. So for those stuff that did have some elements of spice in it, looking at a skin contact white wine or a Gortz meter or a Riesling or something with a little bit of maybe residual sugar, some spiciness, kind of like those age old sort of monikers that we all look at when we come to, right. to pairing food. And then with the reds, you know, obviously like with duck, people would pair red wine, I think nine times out of 10. There are a lot of white wines in there and there's a lot of rosé wines in there. Um, so the red wine's just kind of looking at complementary spice profiles and also looking at new world versus old world and deciding uh. like, okay, you know, new world California Zinfandel is gonna be a lot better for these like really rich, bright like dishes versus something maybe more old world, more earth toned for mushrooms and duck, you know? Right. So just kind of going back. I mean, I I was able to complete the level one and level two sommelier exams and knowing that like I wasn't going to be able to work harvest all over the world. So it was kind of primary for that kind of deducing how those wines were being made so that I could try to make them. But also if this is like a lifelong career of food and wine pairing and completing like that whole dining experience. Right. And that there's general rules. And then and I think everything you pretty much covered are like the the foundation mm -hmm. of them and then and then people get all kinds of crazy um and at the end of the day if at the end of the day a lot of times the shit doesn't work like yeah. it, like because chefs always want you to pair the wine that's going to make their food taste better mm -hmm. and then winemakers want you to pair the food that's going to make their wine taste better <laughs> and the ultimate goal is to is for them to complement each other. Yeah. And that is like this, stand out, right? this target that you're always trying to hit yeah. that is really hard. And of course, yeah. everyone's palate is going to be a little bit different and too. So where it hits is going to be different. the huge variable is yeah. everyone's palate. So I love when um, we as a staff went up to Hanzel and did a great tasting with Jason up there in the barn. And he said he does winemaker dinners. And he said, he said, I think it's all shit. Like this whole food <laughs> and wine pairing stuff. He's like, I know chefs work hard at it and they, they, and servers try and recommend stuff. But at the end of the day, he's like, if you have a really good wine and you have really good food, like that's a, that's like what you're ultimately shooting for. Yeah. I mean, unless um, you're completely fighting with each other, in which case there's something's out of balance anyway. And which are yeah. the cases when you're, especially when Jen mentioned the, um, spicy food with like a big high alcohol, like red wine, like just, then, then they're. It's just the not an enjoyable experience. Like crap, yeah, right. and your palate um, gets all fatigued, and it. But just... you see it all the time. Like yeah. I see the craziest shit. And Jasmine and I were just talking about how we we do this caviar service at the hotel, and a third of the time, the people have ordered a glass of cab, and they order the caviar, and I'm Which I'm looking wild. at it like sounds so gross. Yeah. <laughs> that's what, and that's what it sounds like to me. But I I I watch them. They're having a good time. Yeah. They're enjoying the caviar and they're enjoying the wine. So at the end of the day, who who exactly. am I to say? Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So like, now, can, yeah, can yeah. Talk yeah. about duck cooking and wine, though, because you said something interesting about about the the acid and the fat in the food. Uh -huh. And and duck. I think one of the things that's like challenging and maybe intimidating about duck is it's all. I mean, the duck fat is like the super important part of oh, it. But say duck, duck fat again. <laughs> duck fat. <laughs> it's one of my favorite combinations of two words on the planet. <laughs> 
<laughs> add potato in there and you're done. Oh my God, you have no idea. Or French fry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, Sam, are you going with the fact that the fat is completely separate? Well, that's what I'm saying is the, the meat itself is actually super lean. Right. Yes. Right? So, so Some of the leanest out there. So right. the challenge, I mean, it's uh, because of that, it's really challenging to cook. Mm-hmm. But also, does that make it more challenging to pair the wine with you have these like sort of separate elements i, I don't know it's like I mean, growing it's, it's like growing zinfandel and you know the right the, some of it is ripe and some, some of it is right and some can, of it is duck fat right the fat <laughs> the fat can be not even cooked right yeah. and and the and the duck can be overdone right, right. I yeah mean, is that probably the most common mistake people make in, yeah i think duck? so i think whole ducks specifically are is the most challenging thing to do truthfully because you have the duck breasts on there and the duck legs on there and those cook very differently so roasting a whole duck is not where any beginner wants to start starting with breast and legs separately and maybe not together but like two different dinners is where to go because the breasts you want low and slow fat side and then hot and quick on the meat side and then the legs you want to slow roast because they're using those legs a lot so you want them to kind of be able to be edible and not just super chewy um so that's kind of the the starting point is like i, I think is it's like separating them not as like a a whole bird um but the the pieces and then work your way up to so then well then what is the key of cooking the whole the whole bird at once Ugh. Like if you want to do, if you so want to replace your Thanksgiving turkey with your Thanksgiving duck, sure. Because why the fuck would you not want to do that? <laughs> turkey is lame and duck I'm is so awesome. I'm so sick of turkey, too. right? Turkey is like so overplayed. There's a reason you only really have it once what, a year, he? and then you just yeah. have it on sandwiches every once in a while because it's it's there. Right. But because there's no salami, yeah, exactly. um, or or herb roasted chicken. But but let's like like promote the idea that we should all be replacing our Thanksgiving turkeys with our Thanksgiving ducks. Sure. Um, what is the key to somebody? Maybe they have some cooking experience, but you want to be able to like nail the whole duck so you can have the like presentation where it's on the table and you carve it and the whole deal. Oh, um, I don't know, let's, mm. co- let's consult the cookbook. Oh. What does the cookbook say? And because okay. I don't want to say something and then have people be like, "That's not what you're talking it's not about." So, now it's written in the book she wrote. <laughs> so Jen, um, uh, while so while you're own. looking, uh-huh. the Sears Point Vineyard. Yeah. Is that off of 37 or is that off of Lakeville? Lakeville? It's off of Lakeville. So we just poured into our glasses now the first ever Raft Wines Pinot Noir um, 21. And it is the Sears Point Vineyard, which is across from Sleepy Hollow Dairy. Okay. Um, when did they get a vineyard? Well, there's it, been one for a while. It used to be a Rodney Strong vineyard. Okay. It's up on the hill. Um, it, it's, it's not owned by the racetrack, is it? No, yeah. no. It's no, just it's next just, to. It's just where it's at. Yeah, yeah. So you're just calling it Sears Point yes. as, a, as a reference so point for people. Okay. Dave Rothschild. 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 Um, no relation. Um, he reached out to me um, in early 2021 and said he was taking over farming this awesome site in Petaluma and asked if I had any interest in Pinot and at first I did not I did not start Raft to be like a Pinot shark yeah and why didn't you have any interest in Pinot Uh, because I was really after working for so many like storied Pinot Noir and Chardonnay producers I wanted to be really nitpicky on like the vineyard that I was working with and so I didn't want to just like rush into making it because that's what's available and around and also looking at price point and realizing that it is and more expensive varietal in the area. And for those, if you haven't listened to previous episodes <laughs> that you've been on, um, will you, uh, you, your career 
and sort of like coming up before can opening. Can we just give a shout out to Burton who just did a tasting there and and brought donuts? Burton is from Alabama, brought us <laughs> donuts. <laughs> and Jen, I I told you he follows you on Instagram, so I said just come hi. out and say hi. <laughs> nice to meet you. Buy the cookbook. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> buy the cookbook by the way. <laughs> They do an amazing job over here. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice to be a part of all and, of it. And and again, for those of you listening at home, always bring donuts to your wine tasting. <laughs> <laughs> Especially like you drop might, them off. You might get a taste of the Cab Franc. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> if you didn't hear what Burton said, bring donuts and we'll pour Cab Franc. That's how it works. <laughs> Have a great day. See you later. <laughs> um, oh goodness, where were we? Okay, so Pino. Oh, you were gonna. You were going oh, yeah. to. My rapid n- fire. Name drop the storied Pinot Noir. Sort of like your your wine upbringing. And where you sure. the, 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 the LinkedIn profile. History. Right. Um, yes. So for those who have not heard my whole story, um, I worked my first harvest in actually Sonoma Valley with B.R. Cone, where I got introduced to a ton of different varietals and then quickly went over to kind of West Sonoma County, as we were talking about West Sonoma County, and worked with Literai, Cher, Saratos, Lioko, and Michael Cruz uh, before I started Raft. And it also included a harvest in Australia and a harvest in Chile. So, storied Pinot Noir. <laughs> Boom. Was my, was my I mean, all you had to say was literary and Saratos, and I would have been like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, I'll just, just drop Michael Cruz in there real quick. Yeah, I right, split that in. <laughs> but you you know, Jen, I can I can see where you're coming from because you've you've helped make those wines and you've drank those wines. And yeah, when you're gonna produce your own, it's gotta be about a, a special vineyard, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the first time that I went up there with um Dave and Dan Marioni, um I was just really excited by the space and the place um, as a Petaluma local and current still resident. The f- idea to make a Petaluma Pinot was really exciting. Because is that considered Petaluma Gap? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that was a really fun thing for me. It was like a little hometown hero moment. You know, it was like, this is where I'm from. This is where I want to be. This is where I bought a home. Um, so I making a Pinot not just from anywhere, but from your home is really cool and exciting. Um, so it's a hundred percent six, six, seven clone. Um, it's a pretty steep slope. I'm at the further closest to the riverside. Um, they have one, one five planted further up the hill, but I'm pretty excited about this little area that I'm getting the fruit from. Um, and it's I, an up on the hill enough that it's not just Adobe. Oh no, no, Adobe. not at all. It's, it's a pitched slope and where we're picking (laughs) so you drive up to the spot already you can if you know where to look you can see it from the road um but i before i even saw it i've driven by there a million times and never noticed it and it's not like the ones you see on valley four right on lakeville highway um so i we're picking from this the slope and it's a hundred percent whole cluster um which was Mm -hmm. really exciting to me the ph is just super amazing and balanced there um so I was just really excited to to put my hands in there. Well, you well. knew you were coming out with a duck cookbook, and you're like, if we had a Pinot, if we had a Pinot to go with the Syrah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm 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 very very thrilled with it. it. There was a lot of self-imposed pressure to produce Pinot Noir, um, not to make it as a thing, but just a, like it was a scary moment. Like that the day that we picked, I was like shaking. I was like, oh my god, what am I doing? Um, but I think just because of that background and that history, but I'm really, really loving the way it's showing right now. Um, I think it it 
plays off the whole cluster. There's definitely some herbal notes, but it's not right. overpowering and it's definitely not overly tannic. Um, it's got all those really bright, beautiful red fruits that Pinot's known for. And um, what's the vintage on it? 21. This is 21. Wow. Yeah. So okay. is this is this coming out? Or coming, coming. Out? By the time you listen, it will all be these out. Wines will all be these out. wines will save be out. Save your money, buy a cookbook and buy Raft Pinot Noir. Yeah. Yes, don't, please. Don't save your money, I guess is actually what I mean. Spend your money on me. <laughs> okay, so dude, are we just going to gloss over the whole how to cook a whole duck? Cause it's... No, no, no. no. Oh, no, no. We're going back. We're, I want to come okay. back. We can keep talking. Will you pass the cheese over here? <laughs> Thank you. Me, 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 me. The cheese with that. Um, oh, yeah. He knows. You have, this is, I'm telling you, this is my new favorite thing with red wine. Barely cheese? buzzed. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Basically buzzed. <laughs> kind of buzzed. Usually buzzed. What's it called? Barely buzzed. Always buzzed. Mm -hmm. The 16600 motto. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well rendered. Well, well buzzed. Rendered. Well buzzed. <laughs> Wait, can you rendered pass the, can you buzzed. pass the Pinot, please? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got an empty glass, folks. All right. So whole roasted duck. Start hot to crisp the skin and then drop down and slow roast. And Wait a slow minute. So I mean, like, like, like a prime rib. Kinda, yeah. Yeah. So that we we suggest 15 minutes at 425. And 45 minutes to an hour at 325. For like a, I mean, what's a duck weigh? Like five pounds? Yeah. 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 You mean I don't have to get up at four o'clock in the morning to cook for Thanksgiving not. anymore? <laughs> <laughs> no, but you could get up at four in the morning and start smoking and then cook the duck. I mean, smoke the duck? No. We do have a smoked duck, whole duck recipe in here as well. We, we need for those who have like triggers and we stuff need, like that. We need Chuck for that one. That's the way to go. Yeah. It's really good. And then I saw a chef the other day on TV do duck breast where you remove the skin cook the breast and then cook the skin separately until it was crispy and then broke it up almost like chicharron and then sprinkled it over oh. the duck with the sauce that he had put on it that's a lot uh that's an idea that's pretty cool duck chicharron Not yeah well, we have a recipe in here for duck skin chicharrones well, I mean, also written by sean paxton that's that's the um <laughs> we're just gonna tie it back <laughs> <laughs> We don't pay her for this, but we could. Um, <laughs> my favorite part, really, of like doing duck things, you get the duck confit kit from duck from Liberty Ducks. You're gonna say from Duck Daughter, weren't was, you? Totally um, <laughs> busted. Uh, and and you render all the fat, and you get all these like duck chicharrones at, at the bottom of that, um, and that's that's. And then, you, and then you're like, oh, you should now I have to cook, <laughs> cook all this stuff because <laughs> then you're not hungry. But uh, but then doing the confit that way, that's yeah. like and your house smells amazing. Oh, and yeah. I have a very, very strong memory of my dad doing riettes for like a huge wine. It must have been like the Sonoma wine auction back in the mid 90s. And our house just smelling like confit, like riette yeah. for a week it was just such a like a visceral memory i remember him like being in the kitchen for hours on end cooking such a big quantity of it. so i've been lucky enough to work at restaurants for the past 13 years 14 years that i've had duck on the menu consistently and not only that but having doing breast and um confit mm -hmm. and there's nothing like after the chefs do the confit duck and then they have to set it out to let it cool yeah and they should be putting up like police tape and an alarm system, but they don't. So then they go back and start doing whatever else they're doing. And then it's like vultures. Everyone wants some of the confit duck. Mm -hmm. So fucking good. We're, I'm, I'm trying to, our, the chef at the Fairmont, 
knows about you, mm-hmm. but he's still getting he's getting Mary's um, mm-hmm. duck, and so he's trying to work out because they're they're partially dry aging them for him, mm-hmm. and he's he want I'm he he I guess he wants to know if you guys will are or if your father is, <laughs> would be willing to do something like that. Um, it is not something we're opposed to, but okay. at current capacity, we can't. Okay. Um, I've no. been trying. That he was not saying we. I'm trying. I'm trying to get away yeah. from he's, we. Yeah. He's working on it. Yeah. It's like it's like when you you know you hire the ex ball player to be the sports you know the color commentator on the for the game, and they keep saying, "Oh yeah, we're doing pretty," you know. Yeah. Gotta like, you're a journalist now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we um last year, last September, we closed on a property in Santa Rosa that's now become our office and cold storage facility. And essentially, the goal with that is that we'll be able to do a lot more for people who want something like that. So for a variety of reasons, can't do it right now. Um, yeah. But that's like the end goal. I would love to do rendered duck fat just to sell instead of selling which, people the raw. Which, which is, you need. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, and it's so expensive if you go to Whole Foods or wherever yeah. and get it. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, I would love to do um, duck stock even, you know, right. just like really simple stuff, but then also have the room and the space to do like kind of custom for whatever chef wants. Yeah. Right now we're really limited to what, so we don't do our processing. It goes out and gets processed. So we're limited to what they will do, um, which is pretty much the basics. It's great. If we um, wanted to do like a weird long show, we could talk about the difficulties for, you know, meat grow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And how, you know, the butchering, yeah. the slaughter, it's like, well, it's, makes it really difficult for, for small farmers. Especially. Yeah. And it's really sad because everyone, I shouldn't say everyone, especially in this area, a lot of people are very interested in eating local and they want right. to support the local businesses and they all are. I mean, we are sold out of duck. Like there's no problems there, but we're not be able to have like the finite control and we have to like outsource it to other people and to other areas. And so it would be really great if we could have that control and also become a bit of a hub for other small poultry producers um, to be able to do stuff. The space is a little bit bigger than what we need. So if we were able to do our own processing, we would actually be able to like custom it out to other people, which would be great. And there used to be a lot more of that in the county and it's slowly slipped away. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely a, a big battle. Okay, so let's, can we talk now about photography? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so. I mean, first of all, the photographs in there. Are they're amazing. And that's, that's the other part of doing a cookbook yeah. is because I have, I have a pretty good collection of cookbooks. And when you have like some of the older ones from the 70s, mm-hmm. like the, the pictures of. If they are, even have pictures. If they even had yeah. pictures or some of them were like drawings. Mm-hmm. Those are cool. But they're not um, expressive. You're useful. Yeah. But they're, they're cool looking. <laughs> right. But I think what they found over the past 20 or 30 years is that people are really visual. And so if, yeah. you, if they want to actually make the dish, you have to make the photo appetizing. So then it motivates the people. They're like, I want that tonight. Mm-hmm. And so then it motivates them to actually do the recipe. So mm-hmm. so who did you have in mind to do the photography or did you think this was something you were going to do yourself? Oh, no, I never thought I could do that myself. I will. I'm a Virgo by true nature. I want to do everything possible. I have so much like I can, COO. Yeah, I can't I cannot let <laughs> control. And it's it's 
likely killing me but <laughs> um i know my limits in photography i can take a bottle shot for instagram sure no problem but like something like this on this magnitude like no way um so i'm very blessed with some very talented friends um and one in particular uh, i've actually known her since preschool wow. um her name's jessica fix and she did the photography for the book um she kind of started out as a lifestyle photographer did a lot of weddings she actually did my wedding um and when she moved back to sonoma county oh gosh sometime during the pandemic to be closer to family um we kind of rekindled our friendship and talked about it and she really wanted to get into food and wine more um and so she did a, a duck event for us down at francis this was like on the eve of covid i think it was like march 10th 2020 wow. like so close and it was already very strange um things were spinning um and and she's done she did a little bit of like bottling photograph photo photography for me um so I just went to her first and I was like, hey, do you want to do this? Do you like, can you do this? And she was up for the challenge and the publishing company was a little nervous because she's not done a full cookbook before. And it is a big undertaking. But she on day one of our shoot, she was producing these photographs and helping the food stylist and just getting all the way in there. Like she's such a natural okay. And so was there was a stylist oh, there yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so those of you that don't know, this, this is a job. There's like so people, cool. I remember Alicia Deal, I think. Um, Sandra and I had her on the podcast. She was, that's all she did was style food. Mm -hmm. And the shit that they come up with on how to make food, I mean, it's crazy, like hairspray and like, I mean, all yeah. kinds of crazy <laughs> shit to yeah. like make the food look good. Yeah. Um, so but if you, you know, if you've seen a commercial for like Burger King or McDonald's, um, it's not real food it, and it never looks like that when you go get right. it it's like with the cheese dripping and it's perfectly placed onions and all that so yeah there's a stylist that comes and makes sure that it, the food looks like completely appetizing yeah so, who'd, so wait where did you find the stylist her name was also kim so we had recipe editor kim and food stylist kim okay. um she's based out of marin and mm. that's yeah her full-time job she travels around largely in california but i think she gets hired out and goes out to other places um and for us, because we were trying to like hammer in the the details, like this is home cooking, we wanted it to look like you can do this and yeah, make it achievable, achievable plating. Not plated at French Laundry. Right, exactly. Right. So we took all the photos in my dad's house. Everything in the cookbook, like all the platters and stuff are either my dad's. I went to Alameda Flea Market to like fill in some gaps or my friend Jill is an interior designer. And so she had like staging plates and stuff and she let us borrow those. Um, so we really were like, this is home. This is supposed to be like an extension of our home for you to teach you how to cook duck. So yeah, Kim, all the food was edible. We ate it all. There wasn't like, we tried, cause that's the no, other that's thing. Right. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Actually I did like get, bring takeovers. Our friends were going through a kitchen remodel at the time. So they got some takeover, a take, take out. Um, but for me, there's like so much food waste on a lot of these like shoots and production. It's horrible. It's and horrible. And horrible. Well, because by the time they get done with it, a lot of times it's just cause it's, it's been cold. Sitting out. It's yeah. been sitting there for a long time for like, hours yeah so you can't really eat it so we we ate it all nice. <laughs> and at the end of it you know there's of course a bunch of like spices and like excess duck stock and like all this stuff that was like left over so we divided it all out and everyone took it all home and i still use some of the spices that we bought specifically for the for the shoot but it was really like you know going into like my ideas and morals and all that is like limited waste low waste no waste ideally it's not 
always achievable. Um, so kind of combining all of that. So yeah, Jessica taking the pictures, she just like really jumped in and was hands-on through the whole process. Um, we had, it was all natural light that we were shooting with because oh, we did wow. want to make it really like homey feeling and not have yeah. like that artificial flash. So we were- Wait, so that limits you to a certain window of the day. Timeline, yeah. So we, yeah. it was, um, the shoot was over a course of five days. We did three days one week, had a weekend break and then did two oh days God. the next week. Um, which was, the weekend break was kind of nice. It was like, I need to eat vegetables and not <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> duck, 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 duck. It may have been the only time in my life where I was like kind of finally tired of eating duck. it. <laughs> you had to do what it was going to take. Yeah. Find in your life how to be sick of duck. Yeah. And you found it. <laughs> 75 <laughs> recipes later. It took a lot. So yeah, we had to go through. Unfortunately, we didn't get to photograph all of the recipes, but we were able to do a good chunk of them. And then at the end of the last day, her and I actually went to the uh, Sears point vineyard and we took photos of me there too to kind of like tie it all back in together so i'm flipping through the book i should do that flipping through the oh book oh, <laughs> nice. it's great to, it's um, nice to have a professional one yeah, so this is, we are not in a studio doo, 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 um up at the, the vineyard we went up there to kind of get some some true like shots of shots. like well and and be like there's there's photos in here from Helen Putnam Park which yeah. is like quintessential West Petaluma and that's super important to our story um, that area and that where the farms are that's what it looks like you know what I mean so we went out to the farm um, we went to Helen Putnam and then in the springtime so we took this photo of Helen Putnam Park where it's like super wow. green and beautiful and lush in March of 21 so like well before we'd even like started on the cookbook but we already knew we wanted some like green scenery and That's as we all know it. yeah you can't yeah. get it this time of year so we went out this is the top of um sears point vineyard so from this section of 115 if for those listening you can see san pablo bay and on clear days you can actually see san francisco from this right. vineyard so it's really cool it just kind of like ties in the whole bay area and that's on the duckskin chicharrones page yes for those of you keep it <laughs> that one will be bookmarked yes yes dog ear dog ear that please well, so, you know what, sorry, I was going to say, yeah. you know what changed my life was when Oliver's finally decided to offer like duck. Um, they do like a confit that you can get that's like vacuum packed. Uh, and yeah, I was yeah. like, because sometimes you, you, you know, the chef is out chasing you around at work and you don't get your <laughs> your fix. Right. Um, but they started to do I don't I don't even know what it was. Do you guys do any of that? Do you guys? We don't know. So that's why we saw Sam was talking about the DIY kit. So it's the raw fat and the raw legs. And so people can do Wait, it at people, home. You'll just drop that off at people's houses? Well, we did. Order it on, you can order it online. We'll ship now. So during the pandemic, to keep our delivery drivers driving, we were doing home deliveries and going to doorstops. And then once restaurants opened up a little bit, that became really hard because residential areas aren't necessarily where the restaurants are. And so we were right. like sending them up to deep into like Berkeley Hills and then trying to deliver to Chez Panisse like all at the same time. And it was just like too much. No um, so we we had to cut back on the home deliveries. We did it slowly. It went from like everyday availability to like two days a week to finally we Sorry. just we do ships. <laughs> yeah, it was a bummer, but it was infrastructure that. <laughs> but it also makes it you're now shipping. You can all over the country. Yeah, right? yeah, we can ship all over country. Country, unfortunately, because it's perishable product, it has to be shipped overnight, and that's right. just expensive. Really expensive, and there's, we're not in the position to supplement shipping fees. Right. But remember, kids, there's no free shipping. It doesn't exist. It's just. 
built into your price. Right, just somebody <laughs> else is paying for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're still paying for it. It's just it's just ten dollars. <laughs> so as we're trying the next wine, can we talk about all the different wines in the book? All of the ones that are in the photos or just all the pairings? Yeah, somebody, all somebody, the pairings. Yeah, give us some highlights. Yeah. Um. Oh, goodness. And also pick whatever wine you're um, I mean, it, it looks like a lot of your pairings are just more specific, like, growing areas or, yes. yeah. um, or, or varietal, right? Yes. Yeah. So nothing stylistic. Nothing specific. Uh, I didn't want to get so, like, bogged down into the details because I want people to be able to be like, I don't want to pay for shipping. I live in Michigan. I don't want to order this duck. From California, it's gonna be really expensive to ship, but I know that my store down the street has it, so I'm gonna get duck there, and I'm I'm gonna go to my local wine shop, and I want to get wine there. So my goal with the pairings was that. Although, if you know your wine labels, there's definitely some very familiar blurred out labels. Yeah, <laughs> isn't, that one, isn't that one of your favorite games though? When you when you watch movies Absolutely. or you yeah, see yeah. things and you're like, oh, I know what that is. Yeah. Well, the the people in the book of themselves are really dear friends um, and people in my immediate wine community. So Ruth Lewandowski, Ida Wild Wines, Root Down Wines, Jamie Motley Wines, and of course, some Raft Wine in there as well. <laughs> Should we plug the aprons real quick too? <gasps> yeah, White Bark Workwear! Oh you gotta... Re- Tell me when you're going to do that. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I love those aprons so much. Sorry, podfather. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, so, yes, White Bark Workwear um, outfitted us for the cookbook shoot for aprons. And now I'm wearing them also when I have any sort of event or function where I'm cooking it. Did, so. he, did he embroider them for it? Do they have, no, did they say anything no. On them? They're just a regular oh, one. <laughs> you got to get, don't, don't talk to Charlie. You got to get like one that has little duck feet on it. Your little that duck feet cool. logo. All right. No, it was very sweet for him to we'll send those up. Trade for some duck. <laughs> Get you another embroidered apron. $265 worth. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So what is this next wine? This next wine is new to me, San Giovese. Um, I have another San Giovese that unfortunately also got 100% frosted in That was the one that was in Chico. Chico. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So this is, um, it's kind of nice that I had it before knowing how bad the frost was going to be in spring of 22. Um, so this is the 21 Jane's Vineyard Sangiovese from Mendocino. Um, speaking of Root Down, uh, Mike Lucia has worked with this vineyard for many years and he um, has kind of shifted Root Down because he bought Cole Ranch and so he's replanted a lot of stuff up there and is really doing a ton of work up there. Um, so he had the Sangiovese. He loves the grower. He loves Jane. Um, and he's like, I I can't make this much Sangiovese anymore for Root Down, but like, what if we start splitting this vineyard? So we started doing that last year. Um, it's really cool. I, lo- I mean, it's it's fun to work with your friends, right? Um, so it's a f- and we we make them a little bit differently. So that's also exciting for people. Wine. Thank you. Yeah. It's big. It's unctuous. It's definitely like. I, de- I tend to operate on the leaner side of things, and this is just a little bit more bold. Um, so that's super fun. I think this time of year, not that you could tell today because it's almost 90 degrees, but historically, it's as we move- It's going to be 60 degrees this weekend. I know. I mean, that's, that is that is what October truly is in in the Bay Area, but um, I, mean, I think with, with the winter months, this is going to be just a really good, good I mean, good Jen, wine. this is- this is a kind of different move for you. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. stylistically, um, it's delicious. Thanks. Well done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's big and bold. Yeah. Don't be um, afraid of that, man. No, Don't no, I love that. it. I mean, and it's fun. Like, I think 
I was maybe getting like too many wines were like in that lower side. So it's nice to have something bigger, mm -hmm. bolder for the people who are looking for that. But it's still right around 14%. So it's not big. Right. It's just got a little bit more juice, if yeah, you will. Sure. Um, so I'm really excited about it. The the 22 tastes great also, you know. Actually, truthfully, I hate all my wines right now, but I think that's a pretty universal thing. Right after harvest, your wines taste like crap because they're like not finished. Mallow hasn't completed. They haven't had time to mellow in barrel. Ugh. Yeah, they're still dirty. They're, yeah, there's just like so much going on. So I try after harvest is over. I really tried to like refrain from tasting too much for like at least six weeks. And then starting in November, I then go back and do like deep cellar dives and make sure everything's like topped up and sulfured and all that kind of good stuff. But just kind of like give it their time right now to like figure out what what's going on. I mean, there's so much CO2 bound in the yeah. wines and stuff right now. You can't just, even taste anything. Yeah, just let them well, on mm -hmm. top of which, this was not like the easiest vintage correct <laughs> vintage is still going on by the, the way well, first of all still i going picked on. today yeah. <laughs> right you're picking your last grapes today yeah uh, do you have anything still to pick no but i still have stuff fermenting oh yeah, yeah. no or, and that's the important part we have stuff that hasn't started fermenting yet right right yeah. uh, <laughs> i mean it's it and the the heat wave well the frost the frost start with the frost yeah and then at least especially around here not a particularly hot summer mm -mm. i mean some places in california but not our like sonoma county little bubble mm -hmm. and then then the heat wave and then the rain epic, and then the rain yep. and uh, just you know numbers were weird vas were hot i just like yeah, the vines are definitely stressed i mean yeah drought year after year after year i think like frost was bad this year but also we're now three years into pretty low water and so i think the vines are starting to show that yeah yeah and the crazy thing is like there was a lot of really nice weather this season like right. really nice ripening. I know, weather. like seven. It was like seventy-eight. I just it seemed like for a long time it was like seventy-seven yeah. Yeah. degrees. And we had and the return of the fog. Return you know, of the fog for right. however long that lasts. <laughs> Has that guy sold out or what? On every every commercial, it seems like it's return of the Mac. Yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> I guess I don't know that. I do basically a one-hit wonder. I mean, I I do the same thing too. I'd be like, yeah, Frito Lay, sure. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a strange challenge, strange summer, strange yeah, yeah challenge. I mean, that Pinot that was my first pick this year for twenty two. I picked it ten days earlier than last year, but a bricks and a half higher than last year. <laughs> but at the time, at the bricks level where I normally would have picked it, the pH was so, so low. low that you couldn't. Have, it would have been like, oh, gross. It would have been gross wine. And that's like when you like the winemaking comes into play. It's like the numbers mean one thing, but also like interpreting those numbers, you know. So it was like I can't pick this at two point zero pH and twenty two point five bricks. Right. It's Unless I want to age it or make champagne. Like, I don't know. Right. Like, and neither of those things were what I was trying to do. So I let it get up to almost 24 this year. But then I picked it at 2.5, Before after the heat wave? It was August 18th. So oh, okay. before. Okay. Yeah. Still well before. Yeah. yeah. Well before. I mean, last year I picked it August 27th. So just a crazy shift in that timeline. Um, but he actually was one of the few growers that I did have that got a little bit more yield. But I think that's because Dave is farming it so much more responsibly than... Hmm. Perhaps it had been. Yeah. And then what other what other varietals are you are you still doing a Grenache Blanc? I am. Okay. Yeah. It's one of my um, faves. Good. And just just total side note on food and wine pairing, Grenache Blanc with fennel and apples. 
Mm, for some yeah. reason, I don't know why. That totally makes sense. Fucking amazing. I love Grenache Blanc, and I think I'm a, around a similar company. But it is a hard sell. This is a safe place for yes. Grenache Blanc. I know. Yeah. It, it kills me because it it acts like Chardonnay in so many ways. But I think it has a just a good texture for food yeah. and for pork and for duck like yes. it, it's just like yeah. it's a really good pairing um so it, it kills me kind of a, I, I i hit a wall with it for buyers a lot of the time and yeah. i say i think there's not a lot of knowledge about it i'm like just it's not it, mm. well, and the problem <laughs> is is everybody's it's still all about chardonnay and sauvignon blanc yeah and chardonnay you know <laughs> chardonnay, and, and chardonnay. Blanc and chardonnay yeah and chardonnay, <laughs> chardonnay. i love chardonnay though little Chalma made a great uh, Chardonnay this year I'm really excited about it was a dry farmed vineyard we picked during the heat wave and it looked the best out of any of my vineyards it doesn't even have irrigation lines in it like it's never been watered where is this vineyard uh, Redwood Valley Mendocino so it's already pretty hot there during the day yeah. it's really cold there during the night we it was in the middle of the heat wave the fruit came in looks incredible and so it's like it we can train the vines to adapt to this but you have to start training them to adapt to limited water I mean I was stunned with how green and lush the canopy was no raisining no shriveling no desiccation in the in the grapes when you say middle of the heat wave you mean on that day when it was like 110 the, degrees the forecast up there i think yeah was 112 that day Fuck me. and you're out in the vineyard i was i thankfully i wasn't actually at that pick <laughs> but we picked early you know by the time they were done picking at 10 a.m it was i think 80 already and so you get in and you get out and yeah yeah um, do you just want to mention Little Trouble at all, just for people in case they haven't had those? Sure, ones? yeah. Is there a Little Trouble release going on right now? Currently, yeah. We just released uh, yesterday. It's, it's like Little Trouble released this week, Raft released next week. If we can get labels on more wines, there'll be more at all wines, which is Wait, really and exciting. is that a problem because of paper or? No, because we havenven't designed them. Okay, <laughs> Um, user error. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a full <laughs> user error. So, little trouble. We just released a Gris Vineyard Sauvignon Blanc, a Gris Vineyard Syrah, and our Heritage Red, which is the Stampede Vineyard, which we love and adore from Lodi. Weird. Well played. Almost like we did it on purpose. <laughs> we just had the Perlego brothers here. They're the um, best. Yes. I love them so much. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, this was our third year getting Stampede. Um, fruit which was it's super fun um it feels like family going out there i love lodi like everyone is so nice it's yeah. like oh like the small farmers like the brothers and like some other people in their community they're like they're just so kind and they want your success and they it's yeah. just it's a great community um so yeah that those that's the little trouble fresh release raft release will be all the wines we're tasting right now the cavallon the pinot the sangiovese and the upcoming syrah that's not yet in glasses mm -hmm. and then at all is the peak pool brand that i have with my husband and it's been just peak pool until yeah. 21 um and we added a Rafosco and what? a Nero de Avila. Wait a minute. That Where are, are you getting the Nero from? So good. Um, it's from a vineyard up. It's the same vineyard as the people, actually. So it's El Dorado. 
What a weird vineyard. I know. It's wild. I love it. Um, plant, did the same person plant those yep. two things in the same, in the in that vineyard? Yeah. So um, I Tim, Tim Sauer, he <laughs> was a, a retired tech guy, actually talking Chico. He grew up in Chico, started a company, sold it, and wanted to start a vineyard. And originally was looking in here, realized like, oh, God, my money is not going to go nearly as far as I want it to. <laughs> um, so bought this like pretty unique site up there. Um, it's on the west side of Placerville, so it's uh, not as quite as high of elevation, so they didn't get quite as hammered with frost they still did see some damage like the Rafalsco 22 it was a wild pick but we still picked it um so yeah we we got those the Rafalsco and the narrow were grafts last year um and so there mm. wasn't a lot of them um they're so fun they're so fun so what we're trying to do is our on our peak pool for those of you who have not seen it it's got our our name and the the label or the the varietal and the vineyard and then we have two oysters because people is just this oyster wine um and the, isn't that so weird just as she said that you know who just pulled up right our behind oyster her guy. <laughs> is james joiner oyster plug who has Oysters getting flown in here on Friday, he's and a, I he's asked a Cape, him. He's a Cape Cotter, so he's I like. I said, "Have you ever had East Coast pick pool?" Oysters. And he's like, "No, pick pool." The lip stinger. I said, "You have to try pick pool with oysters." And then we've this this whole the stars aligned, and I reached out to Jen and said, "Because that pick pool is honestly there's there's two of my favorite um, I'll throw three in two of my favorite wines." <laughs> Bart sitting at the table, so I'm going to say his his 16 Chenin Blanc is in there too. But the, there's two of my favorite wines, hands down, that I can drink all the time is the Homage Blanc from 16600 and the Pickpool Blanc from you and your hubby. Yeah. Because I can get it at Bottle Barn. Uh -huh. Usually, I don't know if they still have it. They should. Okay. They if not, um, I'll but talk it's to one them. of those wines. It's just like you know how much you're paying. It is so like the quality to. Um, value the the quality to value ratio is just like off the charts. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and you just crush it, and you and you're just it's just one of those happy purchases. So James wanted you to bring three bottles here today so that we could have it with oysters on Friday. That means it um, has to last three days though. I know. Well, just keep me waiting. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We might need a Friday. Re <laughs> we might need some reinforcements. Put, put it in an office somewhere and lock the door. Yeah, Hide yeah, it from yeah. all of us. <laughs> yeah, Bailey, come hide this wine, please. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, what do I do? Okay. I'm, I was joking, but not, not joking. <laughs> Come try this. I, I said hide the wine. Um, can you text me when Peter takes shows up? Okay. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> Wait, Kids taking it literal. No, 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 no. It's hide, it's hide the bottles from us. But no, no, no. James is you'll, showing you'll up here, we'll, so You'll taste gonna, everything worry. after the show. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Little housekeeping. All right, so um, so you guys are doing the pick pool, the mm -hmm. Rafosco, and the Nero Diablo, mm -hmm. all of them. And so, how do people get a hold of those wines? Well, the pick pool is on the Raft website. It's also oh. on the other website. Uh, we have it all has a website as well. Not very trafficked because there's just like one wine on it. Um, but the Nero the Nero Diablo and the Rafosco, we're trying to decide in lieu of the oysters on the label, what do we put oh, in that space? And right. that's where the 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 slowdown is is like do we kind of lean into this food aspect do we you know narrow to avila is a sicilian varietal do we d have a drawing of some sicilian dish is that weird you know there's just like we haven't been able to decide on the path forward pot with cassoulet in it. <laughs> something um so that's where right. our our do labels have, sit do you have 
Uh, recipes so. that are paired to these varieties in your book? I do have a narrow dav- actually uh, the Italian meatballs is with narrow I mean, davola <laughs> as an Italian meatball <laughs> actually, I know, but meatballs which I don't are even eat Italian I know, I know well no not just that but then they're because I know what the label looks like with the oysters mm-hmm. on it so like meatballs sketched out can when, yeah. look a little like you might get in trouble with that label. Yeah, I don't know yeah, if yeah. Pass TTB. It depends, yeah. it depends on which <laughs> and maybe not look very on. attractive. Yeah, or like or um, hello, appetizing. I guess is well, a good word, right? Not that spaghetti would be the right thing, but I could definitely see like a plate of spaghetti with like a fork, you know, like right. twisting yeah. it, like that sort of an image. And so we just haven't been able to figure out what that is for those two wines. Wait, so are the wines ready? They're in bottle. Should just Chinese. <laughs> Okay, so you're just waiting until you can come up with this, until you have a little time. Yeah, we keep oh. workshopping it, and you guys aren't giving me what I need. <laughs> yeah. We'll do better next well, time. Rufosco, the what the hell is Rufosco? Is Rufosco? Yeah. yeah, what is Rufosco? Uh, Glenn, Rufosco? Thank you for asking that question, so I didn't have to. Um, yeah. It's really cool. Um, <laughs> it's like kind of blue... F- blue fruited to be honest but i think it's nero red in that though too. nero is nero is kind of juicy it's like, kind of like zin like as far as like his juiciness like nero de avila in sicily i'm sure there's some like story producers that are making them to age but in general it's kind of just like the table wine yeah it's meant to be drunk younger um and just kind of be out um and accessible but is, is refresco refresco we've already changed the name <laughs> refusco 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 Refosco. 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 Hey, como se llama? Me llamo Refosco. Italian lessons paying off. But it's more lighter bodied, right? Yes. Yeah. So we and we actually made ours is sort of like a risotto in style. So we did whole cluster crush on the skin. You just for said three it, days. risotto. Refosco with risotto. Yeah. Risotto. Oh, there we go. So then how do you like draw that ris- a plate know. of risotto? Salumi. Yeah. Take animals. You already have an oyster shell, yeah. which technically could be considered an animal slash mollusk. Yeah. So then you could have a duck on the Nero and a pig on the uh, Rafalsco. Okay. 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 Or, um, or do mushrooms on one for the vegans. Ooh, I like that one too. Mushrooms would be good or like a leg of prosciutto. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> <laughs> For the, for the opposite of the mother. Yeah. For the, Maybe we for need the, to have to like split it 50-50. For the not strict vegans. Yeah. <laughs> prosciutto doesn't count. Vegan, but I eat prosciutto. <laughs> okay, and then if people want to get a hold of Little Trouble Wines. LittleTroubleWineCo.com Simple. Giddy up. And then Raft Wines. RaftWines.com How did you get those with no one else? Oh, I guess Raft Wines. Who else wanted to be Raft Wines, right? I, I when I started it in 2016, I was shocked that it wasn't a label. Yeah, because it's yeah. so simple and so easy. But right for people that are um like like to spend time on the river. Yeah, yeah. Well, so my brother is a whitewater rafting guy it's too. It's a lifestyle brand. Yeah, right. yeah. I mean, raft definitely is like bigger than just get a uh, Patagonia sweatshirt and some wine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You got it. All right. So let's taste some Syrah. Oh right. And where's the Syrah from? Are you still getting the same sourcing? Yeah, so Dry Creek um, Weed Farm, Sally Weed. Yep. yep, yep. This is the tried and true. So I didn't have 2020 because of the fires. Um, it, ooh, I'm not going to ruin my mic. Um, it was Sandra just... Bass is still tasting so good. <laughs> so I missed Syrah in its entirety in 2020. I was working with Gris Vineyard Syrah and Weed 
farms for Raft. Sarah, though, introduced me to the Grist Vineyard. And so with this break in 2020, we moved the Grist Vineyard Syrah to Little Trouble. And weed now is just Raft's only Syrah. So it was kind of nice to not have two varieties. And remind me, the Grist, they're both Dry Creek? They are. Grist one of them is like crazy feral, almost sort of. This vineyard. one. This is the one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. This is feral, earthy, meaty. But the vineyard itself is sort of like a feral vineyard. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's like. Ever so cultivated. It's not and the other one is Bradford Mountain, right? Yep. Top of. And the block that I get, I've been getting since 2017 from Grist um, is on the westernmost facing slope of the vineyard. So there's really like nothing but forest until the coast. Right. Um, it's pretty wild. When, when you say feral, like just so people who aren't, who don't know what the hell that means, what does that mean? Uh, the vineyard is pruned and is mowed, but that's it. There's no sprays organic or otherwise on so it's the a vines. good thing if it's a feral oh it's video. great okay i thought you meant because i drove out to your uncle's house one time to pick up wine and <laughs> i an, but that's an entirely feral when, property okay so yeah. when i think of feral that's what i picture is like oh ha, does anyone live here <laughs> <laughs> but i mean that and that vineyard is also essentially pruned and cultivated i mean that's the you know you're and it's also at a point where you know the blackberries and the poison oak are taking back over corners and the trees are growing over it. I mean, it's, you know, 60 year old vineyard. Right. So, and that's, I mean, that is kind of what I mean about this. It's a yeah. spot where, you know, the grapes are a little bit more wild. There's not like nobody's going out and shoot positioning and, you know, it's, no, it's, there, it's, yeah, it's not happening. It's not like there's not tourists going. There's not a spot for them to go. So it's not like doesn't have to look Instagrammable. It's no, like, no, it's definitely wild. It's good Instagramming, actually. Yeah, it's, it's so rustic. Um, the grower, Sally Weed, she's amazing. She has endangered coho salmon that spawned in the creek next to the vines. And so basically the vineyard itself is almost acting as a bit of a filter from the very commercially farmed vineyard above it. So when it rains and there's runoff, her vineyard is kind of like taking and absorbing that and keeping the creek as clean as possible for the endangered fish. And, and so is that's that kind part of, of her? I mean, is that her philosophy? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, she wants... She, she takes ownership of it. Of the fish. And responsibility that her neighbors don't. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> One of the neighbors aren't listening. I was going to say, I'm going to keep the neighborhood politics to my own personal neighborhood I, politics. I, I, I wasn't going to ask. I was just, Hopefully they are I was listening. just sticking it out. They're there. probably yeah. a bunch of baseball coaches who farm in that place. <laughs> Want to put up a fence? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. No fence in McNew Park. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that pedal in the city council. Oh my goodness. Um, so yeah, it's it's a cool site. It's definitely rustic. As vines die, there's not this push to replant. So in 10 years time, I don't know if I'll be making this wine anymore. Sounds like Buddha's Dharma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. But she's kind of okay with that too. Um, Back to the earth. Yeah. A bit. A bit. Ooh. I love the cheese and this wine together. It's so good. Yeah, this wine definitely needs some gamey mm. meats. It, it needs the fat yeah. to kind of like balance some yeah. of the rustic tannic quality to it. And it's still very young. Like this is right. one, if you're buying the release from me and you, you get one of each, you could drink the Cavallon right now. You could drink the Pinot right now. I think, you know, open it up, give it maybe an hour or two. The San Giovese is ready to go. I mean, that's just like an easy glugger. But then the Syrah is the one that I really hope that people lay down or decant. Or buy more than one bottle of. Please. <laughs> it's always the best thing is to have at least three bottles. So then you're so you true. open one up, see what it's like, and yeah. then you open up another one in six months, and then you then you make a determination, and then yeah. How long to save the last one? But I always I rarely tell people I'm going to make a T-shirt too that says 
there are no special occasions. Totally. I hate that saying. Yeah. I'm saving it for a special occasion. Tuesday I'm like, can be special. We will make right. more wine. Yeah. The wine creates the occasion. <laughs> yeah. Right? The wine, you open a special bottle and all of a sudden Tuesday becomes a special totally. occasion. Totally. I think some of our family friends still have like bottles from my first vintage, which I'm, they're, they're tasting great, especially the reds, but I'm like, guys, drink them. Like, yeah. I'm going to make have, more. I have more wine. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. <laughs> and then how do people get a hold of the cookbook? Uh, right now, um, well, actually, when you're listening to this, it will be available. It is on all major book outlets. Amazon. So Amazon, bookshop.org. Support the local indie book. If you're going to order online, you can order it on Copperfields um, if you're local. Um, Copper, there's still a, Copperfields is a great bookstore. Great bookstore. And it, where is it? Santa Down, Rosa, Petaluma. Petaluma. There is one in Petaluma mm -hmm. downtown. Yeah, yeah that, so it will be available there. Yep. You can get lost okay. in that basement of that place. Oh, it's so cool. Oh, they have is, a used and rare book section. the Copperfields in Petaluma? Right on Kentucky Street. It used to be Matei's. Okay, so I used to work right next door at Petrucci's. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so that's a Copperfield. So that's what I say if you live locally. Yeah, go buy it from a bookstore. Yeah. I mean, Fatted Calf's going to get some copies because they have a recipe in there. So, uh, Reader's Books, our local Sonoma bookshop. Hopefully. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if they don't have the book, you should go support them anyways. But yeah, I mean, some people I know, like sometimes it's just easy to order online, but there's, it's, you know, Barnes and Nobles, it's all those sorts of places. It's a properly published book which feels very weird to say yeah. <laughs> will it be available on the like the liberty duck website? yes okay. so um with the holidays we're about ready to to put the package all together because shipping duck is expensive because it has to be overnight we're hoping that people want to gift the give give the gift of duck um we're gonna have the cookbook and with uh, two spice mixes that Miracle Plum is making for us. Nice. Um, shout out shout to Miracle out to Plum. Miracle Plum. Nice. Um, so kind of like putting that together as like a gift option for people. And then like I was saying, you know, if you're in Michigan or Ohio or somewhere where you might have a more local duck source or just be able to go down to your store, get the duck there. We're just really hoping to educate people on this protein at large. Eat more duck. Eat more duck. Mm -hmm. Where can people, people get duck? the duck locally? If they, um, they get the book and then they want to go they want to do some of these recipes. Yeah. What are some of the stores locally? Mostly fatted calf. Which is where? Napa in San Francisco. Okay. Byright Markets in San Francisco. Um, uh, Sonoma Market occasionally. Not always, but they do order What's it. What's up with that? Uh, Oliver's? Oliver's. Yeah, Oliver's. What they do is they get our big packs, like our wholesale size, and they break it down into smaller, like, two pound like either two duck breasts or two legs and then they freeze it so look in the freezer section it's yeah. not often in their front cases but that's actually really nice i actually love it I, and i want with the retail side shipping frozen product is the right move because you just order like three or four packs and then you pull it out as needed shipping fresh is terrifying yeah <laughs> I mean, shipping wine is terrifying, and that's you know not near. It's perishable, but not nearly as perishable yeah. as like raw duck would be. Yeah, and we do ship so much to Los Angeles and San Diego, and we're shipping all that fresh. I'm not. I'd be lying if I saying there wasn't error. Sometimes you know, package gets shoved off into a corner in right. a shipping warehouse. But GLS on has porch for two days. Yeah, that's a problem too. We do have a perishable sticker on there, but I, every now and then I get a, a email from someone being like, "We left it in the box." I'm like, <laughs> why, why did you do that? <laughs> that's happened in my house with like in the car. cat food. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. Children on the roof, dog in the car. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, we were Oliver's. Um, That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. LibertyDucks.com. LibertyDucks.com. Make sure you know it's us. 
Um, we were selling a lot to Thistle Meats in Petaluma, but they have sadly closed. Um, Why do you think that was? Didn't the car drive into them or something? No, oh, they opened up again. Uh, they opened yeah. Up yeah. I, I thought that was such a great idea. It's so great. And so Petaluma. So Petaluma. Right? Um, uh, it's just really hard. Yeah. I think two years of own, owning anything during that pandemic, you know, it just... Taxing. Yeah. So I, I think they're, the team is going to do some good things. It just It's sad that now it's not. They had the best charcuterie. Yeah. Oh, so good. That was a dangerous place to walk into. Yeah. Just, just take my... <laughs> Take my credit card. Yeah, so good, so good. But I'm excited for what's going in there. So Stellina Pronto has come into downtown Petaluma and kind of taken over. Wait, what is what that? Is, is it's that? Italian pastries. They are uh, amazing. Um, get that French shit out of here. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Mm. No, sorry. Just, it's like a little different. They're so good, but they're opening up in where Thistle Meats was, and it's going to kind of be a elementary, so you know, more lunch rather than breakfast, okay. and with a little wine selection featuring some of my wines. Wow, <laughs> nicely done. And what is what is that word you use? Elementary? Yeah, I don't, I'm sure I'm not pronouncing that right. It's like better than anybody else here. <laughs> at this table. That's why we or weren't going to say or anything. I'm missing a syllable in there, so I'm sorry. So if it you're... means that the pastries are more geared towards like savory than sweet? No, no, no. It's like more of a deli, like an Italian deli. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Versus they do have, because I'm a savory pastry person. Yeah. I'm not. I don't reach for sweets. Um, I'm a salty gal. Um, and they have great, like during the summer when corn was in season, they had a corn savory pastry that was like a creamed corn. And oh my God. So are they open? So good. Selena Pronto is the pastry shop, the new one soon. Okay. Okay. Yeah. When I remember this conversation when we were, you were talking about the book with when Sarah was here, the, mm-hmm. the, finding out how to make duck desserts yes and other than the duck fat caramel did we come up with anything else oh boy did we okay. um yeah so there's a uh, duck fat in pie crust so that's pretty uh, versatile okay. um a lot of duck egg recipes yeah, uh, uh, yeah apparently duck eggs creams. is like really good to bake really with, right? good yeah and then i think the one that is the like her duck fat caramels that sarah has in there are really good but then there's also a the a pastry chef for Kendall Jackson wrote this recipe. It's the a duck fat chocolate frosting on a duck fat chocolate cabernet cake, Holy and Lord. it is so decadent. And so okay, he's got the picture out right now. It's so it's de- truly one of those cakes where you like have a quarter of an inch slice, and you're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Here's one duck fat shortbread cookies. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so kind of the the pastry or the dessert section is, I think seven recipes something like yeah. that, uh, but it mostly based off duck fat and duck right, eggs. Right. Yeah, I tried to do a duck fat washed gin one time. Oh, because I was working on a cocktail at the Girl uh-huh. in the Fig, and uh, it just didn't pan out. And then <laughs> and then um, everyone wondered what that smell was that was coming from the. From the it's the, what do you what do you mean duck fat wa- like like on the in so the glass. you can with with spirits you can actually add things to them and then remove them like you would with wine so then you would right. it, it's like sitting on the leaves and then you would fine it out um, so I just had this idea for duck fat because they do so much duck there that I thought it'd be fun it was probably for Martini Madness to Duck-tini. do to do like a duck fat martini and so right. I thought well with gin with the aromatics so with like cool. imagine duck with like juniper berries and mm-hmm. rosemary like all those aromatics seem like 
to me, it seemed like a no brainer. Right. Um, but so then it like it, steeped it like a tea bag. You basically just add the duck fat to it and then you go through and then you filter it out. Was um, this rendered or raw? Uh, I don't even remember. Mm. And I don't even know if I thought about it. Right. I just had those, you know, crazy idea and went for it. And then it just, I don't know, everything I made with it just wasn't it was happening. Weird. I'm feeling like the, the duck fat Bloody Mary. And you, have, and you could have like you know a little like chicharron, chicharron and, instead and, of the bacon. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Now we're on to something. Why, why do we? Why, yeah, so why, do, why do we record these at lunchtime? We're at lunch. Yeah. <laughs> that was definitely a with the duck with the duck book coming on. We should have. I mean, we have cheese and crackers. That's so not good. I know. Yet. It was a big oversight of me for not to bring like the smoked duck breast or something. I'm sorry, guys. Serious, <laughs> seriously. You're, Thanks, I know Sam. you don't have any. You're not in coming your on this podcast again for right. at least a year. Wait. Oh wait. Oh, that one. It failed. It didn't record. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, oh, again oh, next oh. week, Jen. Technical right. errors. Technical difficulties. You're gonna have to come back. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, so well done on the cookbook. Thank yeah, you. It's fantastic. Yeah. I'm so excited to share it with people. It definitely is. A, I mean, as the wines are, it's a labor of love, and it's just yeah. really nice to be given the platform to share your story. Yeah, how does Dad feel about it? He's he feels really good. Um, he's good question. Yeah, he he's excited about it, but he hasn't like dove as deep into it. I mean, he like knew what was going on, and he was yeah. a part of the process, but like. He, and he has the only other copy that we have right now. Um, <laughs> but we had an interview with the Press Democrat. So Shout out to our, our local paper. And well. she was like, what's your favorite recipe from the book? And dad's like, oh, no. I don't know. Well, <laughs> uh, the one where they took my picture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was like, I was there. I showed up. I don't know. Um, I was busy farming ducks. Yeah, I didn't yeah. have time for this shit. I was counting ducks. Yeah. So it's it's fun. No, he's very happy and he's proud. Um, but. Okay. It's it's cool. It's it's definitely a, a big thank you to him for sure. The Syrah opening up in the glass right now is yeah. red too. Definitely, it's that's, got. I mean, rustic northern Rhone yeah, cool. thing happening for sure. That's the help. I'm getting more of that Sangiovese. I'm sorry, I'm like <laughs> going back for more if that stays here. It's um, juicy. She's juicy. It's juicy. And Jen, thank you just in general for everything you do. Um, I mean, we appreciate. We appreciate having you on, but just in general, we appreciate having you in our community. Here, here. Um, for everything you do, for all the different reasons, we're of like mind on a lot of issues, and so it's nice to have someone out there um, shouting. Yeah, you're not <laughs> yeah. you're not afraid to throw yourself out there and shout about things that and I'm uh, affect I'm, change. I'm mm. such a good for you Thank sucker you. for any time you're doing an offer that is uh, with a donation piece to it. And I was supposed to bring your wine and I uh, totally forgot. Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> I definitely bought on the last one. The <laughs> last did. one was a, was like a Roe v. Wade. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I can't remember. So we I gave s- some money to something. I, I did. Mean, I just bought I, it all. I, I if you want to talk about it because I know that's been something important yeah. to you recently and, yeah. uh, and obviously it's something that's fucking Roe, Roe, Roe. It's crazy. Right? No. So yeah, in the during the pandemic I started releasing or not releasing wines. Like I release the wines on their normal schedule, but on that off time, we are like, hmm, what can I do that is both going to impact the community and kind of bring a greater awareness to something. And so during the pandemic, it was, I was selling wine and donating proceeds to restaurant groups that had laid off all their staff. And then that kind of evolved the first release of the, um, 
peak pool that we're looking at right now. A little redesign on that package. Well, that we didn't get green glass, so Uh, it looks very different because green glass didn't exist. I literally, oh god, I called everybody. (laughs) So it's in clear glass this year. Um, But when we released that, it was right when all the George Floyd protests and everything was happening that summer, and so we donated the proceeds that of that release to the NAACP uh, Legal Defense Fund. And so like ever since the summer really of 2020, we've been I've been kind of re-releasing or packaging deals together of different wines for different charity organizations. So last um, fall, I guess it was, I did one. My mom passed from Alzheimer's, so I donated a ton of money to the Alzheimer's Association. I bought a bunch of wine on that one. You did too. Um, And this to just go around... um, it was a rosé for reproductive rights, which I actually I kept that the package on there. It's a three pack of rosé and uh, $15 from every package sold is going to the Center of Reproductive Rights. And they're the ones out there fighting. I like fighting the fight. You know, they're the lawyers and the teams behind the lawyers. Um, and for me, like personally, as a female um, and someone who has had challenges in the reproductive world with birth control, like the whole idea of them messing with that on top of every other reason is just terrifying so obviously one that rings close to home um and we raised 700 dollars for them which is great yeah so it's it's a cool thing it's like raft is meant to be a community wine right i i talk about it on the label friends and family to keep you afloat like a community so what can i do for the community and yeah get a little bit on my soapbox which is this public Instagram platform and say like, Hey, I'm going to donate money to this. Yeah. Go. Right. <laughs> Good for you. And I have an idea and I've, I've run this by my wife and my daughter and, uh, um, they both think I'm crazy, but that's nothing new is that I neither do, here nor there. <laughs> so I thought that we should somehow change the law to where life starts with sperm. So hear me out. <laughs> so if you tell these old men, uh, that if they masturbate, they are in essence killing children. And you pass a law as such, how quickly things I think would change. Uh, well, I, I mean, we're in, if we're delving into this politics, I think they would <laughs> back real, off yeah, real fast. If the control Life, was over a man, wow, man's yeah. body right. in whatever yeah. sh- shape, you form masturbate, that is. you just killed a thousand kids. You're actually a mass murderer. Yeah. yeah. As always, James Joyner off chiming mic. in off mic. And, uh, and, the, and now the dog the, is the, threatened. The fact is, none of this has to do with life. And right. it all has to do with right. control. control. Yeah. yeah. And, and if. And for the people who cared about life, actually cared about life, the way the all kinds of things would change. Right. Or be funded. Uh, yeah. Or, right. Well, I didn't want so. to go down to the military industrial complex thing. <laughs> I just I just thought that in simple terms for these old guys, because they can't keep a lot of shit straight in their head. They're, you know, it's whatever's put on a piece of paper in front of them. But if you just told them that if you masturbate, that you're a, that you're a mass murderer. Um, that I thought it might just change their attitude a little bit. Well, also the people who make those rules are also the ones who are like paying for their girlfriend's abortions so again it has nothing to do with what they think the laws should be no. it's all about who they can control right. uh which reminds me go vote 
because voting is open. Yes. Right. Midterm yeah. elections matter. Got my ballot in the mail. Got your ballot in the I mail. I haven't missed a midterm since I've been able to vote. Like yeah. it's crazy to me that so many people like. I sit dropped ours in the mail one. this morning. Oh, good for yeah. you. It's sitting on my counter. I, so why? This, yeah, I need the time. The, the Petaluma City Council. There's like a bunch of people up. Right. Like, the mayor's not rerunning, so I'm like, oh my gosh, I actually have to like. Oh, I thought he was gonna bite. Oh, yeah, no, he no, bites. No, no. <laughs> we have my 16 year old dog sleeping below the. chair. The table. And James, James, James is going to bite Approach your dog. with caution. He needs he needs a flashing light above him. <laughs> oh goodness. He's like me. He's he's like no bark, all bite. And sometimes I guess I can be that way too. Uh, sometimes bite. Yeah. All right, but I'm going to throw this out here right now. Yep. If you come by 16600 <gasps> with your I voted sticker, there we go. You get a can of rose. Yeah. Is that legal? Sorry, I don't know if that's legal, it's but not, I'm going to do it anyway. It's not legal, but... <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> but, all, but it's on brand. <laughs> but you could ring them up for a penny. As is brand ambassador. And then, and then we, what we could do is have a jar of pennies here that they could just take out of the jar and give to you would right. be completely legal. Okay. It's kind of like when you give a knife. Put a penny in the jar wedding with your with your I voted sticker and you'll get a can of rosé. Bring, and bring some friends. If there's six of you show up... Awesome. It's a little rosé party. Exactly. Yeah. Right there. No, I hope. Yeah, it's it's very crucial. Kind of everything's at stake. It feels like at this moment in yeah. time. I mean, as far as midterm elections go, this is huge. The, the most important one ever. Let's go let's vote. Equivocate. Go vote. And, and, be and, a, and I love and the local the politics, too. Yeah. Deeply. There's Look, so much. I mean, I, that's just vote no on all the propositions. Propositions <laughs> suck. Right. They are very complicated. But I think, like, as make, community, make legislators do their fucking job and vote no on the propositions, <laughs> and they can pass laws that we pay them to do. Right. Right. <laughs> but I so enjoy the commercials, though, Sam. They're so entertaining. Right. I, I saw mean, some spooky commercials is, last night. It is the television producers and executives that are the most in favor of the proposition system, right? Because exactly. it's all about that ad money, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, can we talk? Can we end this on? I, I'm, I, we're, it's we're your wrapping show, up Jen. No, we don't have to end, but can I tell a story about television producers and people on television that yes. just happened to me two days ago? Yes. So I had a duck dinner down in San Francisco. Shout out to Chef Adam Molly, uh, who's Petaluma based, but he's at a restaurant called Anza, which is in Hotel Nico. So I'm sitting there. I'm at the bar, kind of wrapping up my dinner. He comes out to talk to me. People kind of swarming. I see they're wearing press badges and stuff. And it's a big hotel. You know, it's downtown Union Square. Not all that uncommon. All of a sudden, Charles Barkley walks in through the door. And he comes up behind me. And the chef goes, do you know who that is? I was like, yeah, I know who that is. And we're just trying to keep it cool. And uh, I realized that the people sitting next to me at the bar were TV producers. After kind of putting it all together, seeing him walk in. So the chef leaves and he's still standing behind me. And I have the drink menu in my hand. And I go need a menu and he goes no i'm good they got my vodka on the shelf i'm like okay thanks charles buckley <laughs> chuck and chuck and duck yeah chuck and duck chuck, chuck and duck. duck so like the whole Man time i'm the sitting there golf swing yeah. it's, it's actually gotten better though it's it's improved it's improved i was I, I have a buddy who was up at the the acc in in uh in tahoe right. and i was like he was taking shooting photos and he said the chuck swing has gotten better He's gotten a little more fluidity. There we when, go. So did he hang out and try and buy you a drink? No, he didn't. He went over and, and sat at a table with all the all, a bunch of other people. And I realized like I was sitting there and I was the last person left because it was, you know, my dinner. You know, you're there the whole time. And everybody else was TNT 
TV producers and they're there for the Warriors game right? and the big kickoff and all that kind of stuff. So it was like just a wild experience to be sitting there. And then as I left, I caught his, I caught his, I had the book with me and I, I'm killing myself. So Charles, if you're listening, I'm sorry, I didn't ask for a picture, but I, <laughs> I was like, I caught his eye and I was like, Hey, thanks. Have a good night. He goes, you too. And I'm like, Take a picture with my book, please. But I didn't ask because I was too nervous. You and he was told, there with his people. Totally said yes I know. I think he's one of those celebrities that actually would be like super yeah. into that. But I just, you know, when you're, he's there with like 40 of his people and right. like his crew, I didn't want to be that girl, but it was really cool. He's very nice. Yeah. And he loves San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why he was right. surrounded by 40 of his right. people and crew to protect him yeah. from all the shit. He's San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. He fucking hates San Francisco. Well, he seemed um, to be having a good time. It was very nice. Yeah. So, yeah, as it long was, as he's indoors in a nice hotel in San Francisco, yeah, he's fine. Yeah. It was, it was just a really cool experience. Yeah. Not bad for a Monday night. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. All right. And the Warriors looked good. Oh man, what a great game! Yeah, and to to have it be against the Lakers and to get the rings and to see the young players this year. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna yep. be it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, and go sports. Eat more, eat more duck, Chuck. Eat more duck, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Hashtag eat more duck, Chuck. Everyone in the post that gets a free can of rosé at sixteen six hundred. <laughs> You're gonna run out of rosé. <laughs> We're always making more. <laughs> our our. I'll, I'll close with this. Um. Our last pick of twenty. This is like it was very raft wine of us. Mm. Uh, our last pick of twenty twenty two was for fucking rosé. Yeah, the bedroom for rosé. Wow, we were done. We were done with cabernet before we were done with white wine. And the last thing we did was Mavedra for Rosé. Yeah. So nothing makes sense anymore. No. We're all those upside down. Might as well just drink wine and eat duck. Yeah. Cats and dogs living together. <laughs> all right. Jen, thanks again. Uh, everyone get... Uh, buy buy get, the book. Buy the, the wine. Uh, Subscribe. Get the wine. Review. Either Little Trouble or Rap. Repeat. Um, or the Rafalsco when we finally yeah. can get our... Register to vote and or vote. Vote early, vote often. There you go. <laughs> Good show, guys. We'll look uh, forward to talking to you next week. We got, um, I think the next show Artie, is going to be Johnson. Heidi. The, um, no, no, Artie, oh, Johnson. Artie Johnson. Oh, Artie Johnson. Yeah. Per- oh, Artie Johnson. Okay, cool. And then uh, Hi- I'm looking forward to Heidi um, from Mary Edwards because I got to meet her a few weeks ago when mm-hmm. I went there. And, um, uh, and actually, Does Heidi have a last name? I don't know. Fuck. Heidi Vonder. It's better to say no than to butcher yeah. it. <laughs> Heidi from Mary Edwards. Everybody I, knows that I'm the first to butcher a word, right? You know, yeah, on brand, on right. brand. It's not legal, but it's on brand. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll look forward to talking to you next week. Thank Cheers. you.